question. Are you ready to reach new limits? It's time to change your family tree and redefine industry. Enough with all the cliche, cookie-cutter recommendations about finance, business, and life. You found the podcast to give you the tips you need to create the unconventional lifestyle and outcomes you've always wanted. It's time to build your own systems and play your own game. You're tapped in with the one and only Dan Nicholson, and this is Rigging the Game Podcast. Listeners, I am super excited to share with you that my book, Rigging the Game, How to Achieve Financial Certainty, Navigate Risk, and Make Money on Your Terms, is finally available. If you want more details, check it out at riggingamazon.com. And welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks, Dan, for having me. Always good to see you. So uh, Anne is a recent, this is background, you're a recent graduate of CCA. So I've gotten a chance to know you pretty well. It's been, been fun to kind of hear some of your stories and in particular hear some real, real world practical application of how you've ingested CCA principles and done some really uh, cool things, um, changes in your life that I think will be pretty profound for the people who are listening. But before we get into that, where I always like to start is tell me about yourself, but not the resume version. What is it that you want people to know about who you are as a human? Uh, thank you. Yeah. So my name is Anna Magrande. I am an economist by uh, education. I am a real estate investor by trade, and I am an educator, like a teacher by by nature. And it's just something that has always been, you know, something that we've done in our in our family. So um, you know, I'm I'm really passionate about you know, just leading people down a path of self-discovery. And it's something that I really learned from my family, right? And so I grew up with generations of entrepreneurs in our in our family. My grandparents were entrepreneurs. My parents were entrepreneurs. Multiple of my sisters are entrepreneurs. And it's just something that's kind of ingrained in us where we were always taught to ask the why, right? So rather than just going with, you know, the thing, why things have always been done is because they've always been done, but just ask why, and help people to innovate and understand like the deeper level of things. And so that's just something that we've always, we've always done in our, in our family. So that's kind of where I, where I come from. Yeah. I wonder, and this is just projection from me, probably you mentioned that you're an economist by trade. Obviously I'm an accountant by trade. These are very technical uh, areas of education that come with a number of stereotypes people think is so going from economist to entrepreneur and people hear that you have that economist background do you get do you face uh, hurdles or stereotypes or anything that you have to kind of reckon with uh, given your background yeah so what's really funny is that when people hear that i have a background in economics you know they look at me and they say whoa you don't look like an economist because most (laughs) they've got the you know the elbow pads and you know Mm -hmm. they just they just seem very um very dry right And, you know, I just have a very vibrant personality and I just kind of exude this, this positivity into the world. And I love to look at all of the silver lining that happens. You know, it's a, it's, it's really interesting. We've had a lot of conversations within, within CCA and about um, asymmetric upside. And when people start to hear us talk about the, the risks associated with things, right, they, they assume that we're very negative and we're playing devil's advocate and, oh, why can't you just be happy about what's going on? Well, you know, I, I am happy and we are very excited about those things, but what we want to do is reduce that downside so that all we do have is that asymmetrical upside, right? And so it's it's us being very positive, you know, in, in that negativity. 
Yeah, it's unfortunate because you're absolutely right. When you start talking about, we're naturally wired to see upside. Yes. Because we're also naturally wired to just chase after things, chase after more. Chasing but, after dopamine. Exactly. Yep. Chasing after dopamine. And so we're wired for all the things you just said, the 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 upside. So then when you bring up something, you're right, you know, quick to label. Like, why can't you just be happy? You're so negative. Debbie Downer, so on and so forth. Absolutely. And uh, to your point, like if we get rid of all the downsides, we just have upside. So Absolutely. why wouldn't I do that? That's like rigging the game for my own benefit, which of course, this is what we're all about. Now, one thing that I know that you've really uh, ingested is what we call uh, playing your game. And so we're going to talk about trade-offs, investor frame and stuff in a little bit. And um, But I feel like you've really embodied playing your game. So to put you on the spot, what is that, when you hear that phrase, what does it mean to you and, and how have you been kind of playing your game? So that, I mean, that's a great question. I mean, I, I'm not even quite sure how to answer that. What I would say is that playing my game is, is me kind of making my own rules for the way that I want to operate in the world, right? And getting closer to what I actually want in the way that, you know, in the way that um, I, I see fit, right? And getting, you know, getting me closer and allowing me to do the things and help the people that I want to help in the way that I want to help them versus helping people in the way that they want me to help them. And there's a very, there's, there's actually a distinction between those two. And that's, and I think that it's very, um, it's a stark difference is if you actually take the time to actually sit down and think about it, right? Is the difference between, you know, helping people the way they want to be helped and helping people in a way that you are cap a capable of doing and be the way that you are wanting to do that. So I think a lot of us really get stuck in this, in this cycle of, you know, oh, I'll just take, make this very small adjustment, adjustment in who I am to help this person. And then you make another small adjustment. We call that micro-stepping, but that's not micro-stepping in a good way, right? And so, and I, I really embodied this because, you know, in being an entrepreneur, you know, I started out playing my game and then over time, and as I actually started into CCA, I realized that I was no longer playing my game and I was playing everybody else's game to make them happy. And I was unfulfilled. Yeah, so let's, let's talk about that a little bit because as I teased, you've made some really big changes in your business. Like that's a significant understatement. So let's talk about for a moment what your businesses are. And then uh, let's talk about uh, the investor frame. So uh, you alluded to the businesses. What is it that uh, that you do? So I, um, as you mentioned, I do own a couple of businesses. So I own a private equity here, a private equity firm here in Phoenix. What we do is we work with investors and we do joint venture agreements and we go out and we buy real estate with them. And so we do hundred percent of the work and allow our investors to have truly passive income when it comes to their real estate investing. So that is one. Um, another business that I was associated with, uh, we were helping businesses in the tech space to raise capital overseas. Mm -hmm. Um, so those are the two main businesses that I was I was involved with, and I'm now in the process, just based on you know getting getting back to playing my game. I am now in the process of exiting those. So where would you say that in terms of playing your game, things that kind of uh, deviated that has led you to kind of recalibrate? Uh, actually, a great question. So in the business in which I was helping to raise the capital for uh, tech businesses. 
um, we all had had an agreement as far as like what the things were that we were all going to be responsible for doing. And slowly it became, oh, well, you know, Anne can take care of this. This will be a great, you know, Anne, Anne will be much better at doing these things. And then it turned into, you know, Anne doing a majority of the um, of the back end operations and everybody else got to do the, the fun parts. And because we didn't have clear lines in the sand as far as what we each were going to be doing and how we would be contributing, it turned into a lot of um, a lot of excess work, right? And so we always go back to you know less risk, less effort, more optionality. And I realized that I was having less optionality because it was taking so much of my time versus doing something else, right? Resource allocation. And then it was also increasing my risk because there were um, certain places that there was, you know, either a lack of integrity or, or different different pieces in there. And I just realized, you know what, these are not ways that I play my game. I'm a person of high integrity. I have high morals. And this is just something that I was always taught growing up. And as those things started to deviate from what I was, what I was, you know, known to be true of myself and who I am and who I play in the world, that no longer aligned with who I was. And so I decided at that point, you know, based on CCA principles and going through the investor frame, that was just not something that I was willing to do any longer. Yeah, and so many people who are listening now can probably uh, relate to what you're sharing. My experience with 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 you is that you're an achiever and you've got this long track record of results, education, business, etc. And that's both your uh, incredible strength. And at the same point, it can get us in these situations where we get kind of taken advantage of, for lack of a better descriptor, where because you're willing to do whatever is necessary, correct, you end up doing whatever is necessary. And the other partners are like, cool, great. <laughs> Anne's doing whatever is necessary. I get yep. to kind of wash my hands of that stuff. Yep. And, uh, and then you find yourself in a place where you're like, to your kind of what you said, not playing your game anymore. Yeah. Um, and resentment can kind of start to seep in. I don't know if that was the case for you, but it can certainly start to seep in because you're like, this is not what I got into business to do. Uh, Correct. Just because I'm willing to do something uh, that's required doesn't mean that I want want to do it forever and carry yeah. everyone else. Yeah. Well, this is what's so amazing about the the certainty operating um, operating system, right? And is it, you know, I can go through the you know the investor frame, and then it, and then all I come back to is like, is this getting me closer? Or is this actually me just trying to get more? And so in having those foundational principles, you can come back to it always and you can say, is this getting me closer? Is this getting, you know, am, am I actually just chasing? And I realized that I was spinning my wheels and I was just chasing after more when I was convincing myself that I was actually getting closer to what I wanted. And so in having those, you know, and going through CCA, we were able to kind of identify what is Anne's closer and what is Anne chasing after more. And I kind of said, Oh my goodness. You know, I'm, I've just been chasing after more for so long. I need to take a complete step back and I need to go back down this other path. And so I took a, you know, did a, a quick reverse and now I'm going down back the path of getting closer to what I actually want. Yeah. So if, if we can, let's kind of break this into, into pieces. Cause I think there's, yeah. there's a lot to what you just shared. And I know that cause I've heard some of the details, not all the details, but just the ones that I've heard. It's a lot. It's a lot that you've you've done in a relatively short amount of time. We talk about least amount of effort, least amount of risk. The reality is 
you're still going to put in more effort than probably everyone else that you know. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Right? I've accepted that about myself. <laughs> and you're probably still going to take more risk than almost everybody or everyone else that you know. It's just relative to what you were doing in the past. Right? And so with that, we have these four commandments. And uh, from those, as part of our operating system, you mentioned one of them, closer versus more. And then we have these 12, what I call algorithms, so really principles and tools that help us to implement the, the commandments. And so one of them is the investor frame. And frames are like, I think about it as like a, like literally glasses that I'm putting on that I'm going yeah. to view, have perspective when I'm viewing um, a sp specific issue. And the intention is for me to try to work through my biases and ultimately get closer to what we want, yeah. uh, manufacture asymmetry, so on and so forth. And so we have the investor frame. And so in your words, uh, would you mind sharing uh, what investor frame is to you, how you, you, uh, how you think about it? And then I can add yeah, in my two cents here, but I'd rather hear your thoughts on it. Well, I mean, being an investor, I mean, obviously that was like a natural attraction. So I'm like, oh, the investor frame. Yes, this is, mm. you know, this is, this is my jam right here. And so <laughs> it did, it did end up being one of my favorite principles because, you know, I can come in and the investor frame actually just says, given all of the information that you know now, would you, would you make the same investment today? Right. And that is not just financial right? Not just, not just from a capital perspective, but from an energy perspective, time effort, you know? So all of these different resources that we have, is this something that I would continue to do given, given that the amount of resources that are currently there? And I'll give you a great example. So as I invest in real estate, let's say that I bought a property for $150,000 10 years ago, and today it's worth 400,000. Now I have a significant amount of equity in this home now, so the question then becomes, do I look at this property and say, okay, now given, given that it's now worth 400,000, if I had all of that equity in cash, liquid cash today, would I make that same investment? And if the answer is no, then you know what you need to do. So the second part of the investor frame though is saying, okay, if the answer is no, then what needs to change in order for the answer to become a yes? And that becomes basically your, your roadmap or your plan in order to turn, turn, the, turn that into a yes. And if you are no longer able to do that, or if the answer is, hey, like there is nothing that I can do. I mean, nothing is going to tell me, hey, you know, taking out this equity is going to be, is going to be um, less beneficial, then great. And that's the answer that, that exists. And then you start down the path of, of removing, that, um, removing that aspect. And so that's how I always look at it. But then, you know, you start looking at this as far as, your relationships, not only business relationships, which is where I took it because of, you know, again, going back to playing my game, this is how I started looking at those business relationships that I was in and, you know, what needs to change. And we actually did this in one of my businesses where we said, Hey, I'm unhappy with X, Y, and Z. Um, here are the, um, here's the roadmap. So in order for me to say, yes, I want to continue down this road with you. Here are the things that we need to do in order for it to be a yes. And we both need to be committed to that list. And it, when we got down to, I think we did a 90 day plan and we got down to the 90, the end of the 90 day plan. And we both got together and we said, Hey, this, you know, this doesn't work for us. And we said, great. So we made a conscientious, conscientious decision to just go ahead and part ways. And it was, it was, there was no emotion. It was just, Hey, like this, these, we have very different paths that we want to go down. And so it's, it's becomes a very easy conversation to have with somebody, you know, when you can say, Hey, this is this, these are the places where I'm unhappy. Here's, here's what I need to see happen in order for it to become a yes for me. 
So first off, you did a masterful job of explaining the investor frame. So uh, oh, really you. nice job uh, breaking that down. So I just want to recognize that that in it, and uh, it just gives me so much pride to hear uh, folks who've gone through the program just uh, be so masterful over the content and then have this real world application. Thank you. Uh, uh, several uh, really valuable things that I think you just shared in there. There's the there's the what is it what needs to be done to turn this into a yes, and the beauty of what you did is that it's not this is what I need, and that's just being respectful to tell someone else, hey, I want this relationship to work, but the only way that it's going to work is if I can tell you what I need because otherwise I'm going to really resent you. And uh, we we live in this culture. This is my own bias here. We live in kind of this culture where we tend to be nice, but we aren't actually being respectful. Absolutely. And uh, and that's tough because if our, a lot of our identity is I'm a nice person, like I want to be viewed as a nice person. But if I'm constantly withholding information, I'm not putting the other person in a position to actually be successful and yeah. fix things or at least uh, have a chance. And so... It sounds like you applied it not only just from the from the does this business make sense to me, but from the actual relationship with your partner. What do I need for us to be good partners going forward? Is that an accurate kind of take on what happened? Absolutely. And not only that, but I looked at him and I said, also, what are the things that you need? Let, let's look at it from, you know, let's turn the tables and say, like, let's use the investor frame from your perspective. And so I helped him to understand, you know, what is the investor frame? Like, look, are you, are you, A, are you happy in this relationship, right? Are you happy in the way that we are operating our business? And if the answer is no, what do you need from me in order for it to be a yes for you as well? Because we both have to say yes. If one of us says no, that's the answer. Yeah. And right. it, and it, it takes at least one person and hopefully both parties to, to go into that as egoless as possible. Because yes. a lot of what you're doing is, is uh, to some extent, might be construed as changing your mind. Hey, we agreed to this before. Now you want something different. Yes. But yeah. you're an adult running a business with a successful career and credentials and all those things. You've earned the right to change your mind. And right. all of us, I would argue, have earned the, earned the right to change your mind. But how it, for type a, I consider myself type A. I don't know if you would consider yourself, but I would tell you as a type A person who uh, is a super results-oriented achiever, it can be really, in the past, really hard for me to acknowledge I've changed my mind because it feels like I'm having to admit that I'm wrong. Did you have to deal with that at all? 100%. And then you go down the, the road of guilt and shame. Right. And I mean, you and I just had a great conversation this past weekend about, you know, mindset versus champion minds. And you need to allow yourself to be able to change your minds. Right. And so just allowing for, hey, I made this decision based on the given information that I had. And now the information has changed. The circumstances have changed. Right. So it's kind of like, let's look at it from a, from a perspective of a, of a car. Right. So I made decisions on buying this vehicle based on the given information. And then when I left the lot, the car broke within 10 minutes, yeah. right? Yeah. Now I want to, now I want to change my mind and they can't say, oh no, you can't change your mind. Of course I can. The car broke as soon as I left the lot. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a really good analogy. And I think about, well, you know this, but for the listener's sake, I think about life, business, investments, et cetera. I think about it as one big game. And if you're playing a game that you also get to set the rules to to the game because it's your life and most of the things we're faced with are preferences. But if you were playing a literal board game or a sports game, basketball, et cetera, and you were losing, you might change the way you're playing that game because you want to win. (laughs) That's kind of what we're talking about. And we respect the people who are willing to, to adjust in a game, but in life, we hold it against them. Correct. And I don't know one person that goes into a game and says, eh, I don't feel like winning. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. Not someone that you'd probably want to play against. No, like this well, isn't I any fun. Play against them because I would always win. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's true. All right. So you had to confront kind of the, the a lot of this battle is internal, and feeling comfortable admitting that we're changing our mind, and there's yeah. a reorientation to recognizing that, of course, I'm changing my mind. I got new information, so why wouldn't I? That's a sign of intelligence and strength and fortitude, in my opinion. And so you're demonstrating all this fortitude. And, uh, and so we confront the personal part of the relationship. And then how about the business side of things? You've made some changes in your investment portfolio. I gather, can you, if you feel comfortable, can you share at least high level, some of the things that you've done there and, and kind of what led you to do that? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, one of, as as you know, the, uh, um, I'm in real estate, we have, we own a lot of properties and, you know, we bought very, very well over the last many years. And so now we have a tremendous amount of equity. Our investors, you know, have, you know, a whole bunch of equity and we are now, now starting to see where the market is starting to level off and starting to decline a little bit. Right. And we don't know exactly where, again, this goes back to, we make the best decision that we can with the given information. Right. And so in, in looking at where the market is, we've got interest rates rising, we've got inflation that's out of control. We have all of these different factors. So right now we've made the decision that, you know, the best, the best position to be in is, is liquid. Right. And so we are, you know, transitioning because we're again, going back to the investor frame, if I bought the property with 150, it's now worth 400. Well, do I want to wait until the property goes down to 300 before I cash out? No. I'd rather, I'd rather take that equity, pay my taxes, you know, give, give the man his, his dues and then just sit on the, sit on the cat. Well, you know, there's only two things in the, in life that are guaranteed death and taxes, right? That's right. That's so awesome. that's what you're here for. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what we're going to do is we're just going to kind of, you know, sit on some of that liquidity and I'd rather take, you know, I'd rather sit on that for, let's just say six months and not get, you know, that 10% return annually for six months versus losing potentially hundreds of thousands of dollars in equity, right? And so again, this goes back to to trade-offs, right? And so the investor frame is very closely aligned and very, very tied to your trade-offs. And a lot of people, you know, we can, and I, I am definitely guilty of this, I rabbit hole ridiculously when it comes to, you know, looking through the trade-offs. Well, if I sell this property, what happens if the market goes up? Well, if I sell this property, what about the taxes? Well, what if I sell this property and I can't find another replacement, right? So we can sit here and we can we can go through all of the trade-offs, but at some point we just need to start making decisions and we take micro steps, right, toward those things. And then if we need to pivot, we pivot and take another micro step. And if we need to pivot again, we pivot and make another micro step, 
right? And so this is how this is how I've been moving through this past year and selling a lot of our properties. We'll sell a property or two, and then we'll wait. We'll say, okay, is the market still, you know, is it still on an, an incline, or are we, you know, what, what where's the market looking? So it's just a way for us to take some of these principles that we've learned through the certainty operating system and apply them in real life. So you mentioned a tendency to go down a rabbit hole. Yes. And again, that resonates with me because I have a similar tendency <laughs> oh, to do all. that. Um, but what I love about the fact that you call that out is that you recognize it. It's like, that's not, that's not a bad thing. That's, that's just who you are. That's part of you playing your game. And yeah. again, we've been, I come back to these things that we've been told that we have to have to do differently. And I said, no, just recognize that's who you are. That's part of what you do. How can you use that as a strength? But then how can we make sure that we just don't take it too far? Knowing, knowing ourselves. Absolutely. And, that, um, and that's honestly, the first, that is the first part is you really need to know yourself before you can, you can move forward. Because then, you know, I, if I already know that I'm going to, if I'm good, that I'm going to rabbit hole and I'm going to go down, you know, nine different rabbit holes trying to figure out the best solution. Well, if I can recognize that it allows me to take a step back and say, okay, what's the, what's the next right step? It's not about what is step number nine, which I typically will go through and say, oh, I know what step number nine is going to be. It's about what is the next right step? And then what is the next right step after that? Yeah. Yeah. So it's so great that you recognize that about yourself and other people might passive aggressively mean it as a sort of like criticism of like, oh, you like to rabbit hole these things. It's like, well, thank you. Thank you. Like I've started just saying thank you to when people sort of send these somewhat, I think it, maybe it's a criticism, maybe it isn't. I'm like, no, that is who I am. Yeah. Should I apologize for the fact that I've done this and it's made me successful? No, no. I just need to know that sometimes I might take it too far. Uh, yeah. Another thing that you, um, you mentioned around, um, you mentioned market selling, uh, you mentioned micro stepping and selling and selling a few and, and waiting and reassessing. I think that was a really good example of avoiding the all or nothing trap. Either I sell everything or I keep it all. Yeah. And uh, I think that's really valuable for people to hear from an investor like yourself, who has been very successful in real estate and other areas that it's not an all or nothing. Yeah, it really isn't. Um, with that, um, I really appreciate having you on. Uh, yeah. Thank you for coming on the podcast. I've really appreciated a chance to get to know you. I appreciate uh, that you're detail-oriented and you go down those rabbit holes because the world needs f folks like you who are going to get into those details. So invest their investor, your investors are benefiting significantly from that. Uh, but more than anything, uh, I appreciate you for playing your game. And uh, I hope that people listening to this uh, take that on themselves and see how much it's it's uh, really changed your life to get back to playing who you are um, and not having to be someone else. So thank you for coming on and uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you so much. It was great chatting with you. I hope you enjoyed today's show as much as I did. If you're interested in learning more about my book, Rigging the Game, How to Achieve Financial Certainty, Navigate Risk and Make Money on Your Terms, go to riggingamazon.com. If you're interested in joining our next cohort in the Certainty Certified Advisor Program, go to CertaintyU.com.